0: Alright, Inside Out, great movie. Raise your hand if you've seen it. Yes, great movie, great movie. Tonight, guys, kicking off a new series, Emojiland. Emojiland, perfect for Inside Out, all about emotions. Guys, we're going to be talking about Emojiland. The series is about controlling our emotions before we let our emotions control us all right controlling our emotions before we let our emotions control us you got it we actually believe our core team we believe that God speaks truth into whatever emotions that we're feeling and so what we want to do is kind of rein in on his truth in the midst of everything that we're feeling so that we can live a life for him cool that's what we're about emoji land here's the deal turn to the person next to you and say hey I am already feeling better because I'm sitting next to you. Good little hug. Pat on the back, fist pump. That's right. Emoji land, that's what we're about, guys. Emoji land. 11 years ago. 11 years ago. How old were some of you guys 11 years ago? Two, three, one, four. Yeah, 11 years ago. 11 years ago, I was right here on this stage almost every Wednesday night in the first year of chaos as it existed. Can you believe it? 11 years ago, I was here with Nikki and Steve. We were kind of helping to pave the way for the first year of chaos. 11 years ago, there was a student sitting in the room just like some of you guys. He was an eighth grader. His name was Michael Rogers, and now... 11 years later, some of you guys know him. I get to be his coach, his supervisor, his boss. He's one of my coworkers now. 11 years ago, he was sitting here right in the room with you guys. 11 years ago, I was two days away. 11 years ago tonight, I was two days away from leading my first high school mission trip, week long mission trip to Mexico. And a 10th grader on that trip who drove me nuts, his name was Elliot Tinson. 11 years ago, he had a fart chart. It was unbelievable. I think he won. He's, he's the best at that. Eleven years ago, I was in my first year of marriage. I was in my first year of full-time youth ministry as a junior high director at Rochdale Church. Eleven years ago, we're like hanging bedsheets to project like stuff on. I'm trying to like learn how to play guitar, all that stuff. Eleven years ago, you know what else? Eleven years ago, there was no such thing as a smartphone. No such thing as text messaging. No such thing as an iPhone. How do you talk to people? Is one of the questions. Face to face. Believe it or not, 11 years ago, no iPhone. iPhones were, came out in 2007, if you can believe it. So, how many of you guys? How many of you guys use emojis on a daily basis? Now, keep your hand up. How, how about? Do you remember the first time you used an emoji in like a text message or instant message or something like that? Yeah. How about this? Anybody? Are, can, you, can you claim that you've never used an emoji in your life? Anybody? Staff leaders? Yeah? Got a few? Don't lie. All right. Well, I remember the first time I used an emoji. I was like, okay, I'm kind of a late adapter, so it wasn't actually that long ago. Maybe a few years ago, I got my first iPhone. I was like, okay. Went to my sister-in-law, Caitlin. Caitlin, how, what, what are these things that are coming up on my phone people are sending me? Like, I have to decode them. How do I How do I get those? What are those? She goes, Tim, they're called emojis. Here's the keyboard. I'm like, I don't want the cats and the dogs and the chickens. I just want, like, the the smiley faces. So she pulls it up, and I was like, okay, who am I going to send my first emoji to? First one. I need a good, like, test market, non-judgmental test market. I'm like, my wife, Shelby. Perfect. So I sent her this, classic smiley face. Lo and behold, what what do I get back? This. Yeah. Emoji, come on, baby. Emoji, come on, baby. All right, so then I'm like, all right, that was, that was a good first test run. Who's going to be my first guy that I'm going to actually send an emoji to? That's kind of like a, a test of masculinity in my mind. So I'm going to send an emoji to, all right, I'm going to send it to Michael, my buddy Michael Rogers, all right? I'm his boss. He has, he's got to be kind of nice as he replies back. So I send him the classic male fist pump, you know, that kind of deal. And this is what he replies back. Just kidding. <laughs> just kidding. But seriously, no, just kidding. Anyway, guys, it's amazing, guys. This emoji, it's like a phenomenon. You can actually have, like, a full emoji conversation these days. You guys probably have some of those between each other. You can go through your threads, and it's just all it is is emojis. It's pretty nice. Like, it doesn't get in the way of those pesky things called, what what are they, words that are comprised of those annoying little letters. Yeah? Something like that. That's pretty crazy. Well, it's very emoji convenient to have those because... You can actually express, I believe you can actually express more emotion through these little emojis than you like actually are feeling in real life, right? You can express more emotion than you're actually feeling through these emotions. So I don't know about you guys, but you know, there's been maybe once, maybe twice in my whole life that I can remember laughing so hard that I actually was crying. But I tell you what, I'm like sitting at a stoplight, bam, I'm shooting a few of those out, I'm not even cracking a smile. Isn't that nice? You can, like, brighten somebody's day. I mean, don't you feel nice when you get some, some nice emojis back from your buddies, your friends? It makes you feel good. And I tell you what, at such a low cost to myself, I want to use some of these emojis to make you guys feel good. <laughs> That's just the way it is. It's so nice. Emojis, they are quite a phenomenon, quite a phenomenon. So, guys, this series we're going to be talking about gaining emoji control. We're gonna be talking about gaining emotion control so that emotions do not control us. And this first night, before spring break, I'm gonna be talking about doubt. Doubt. So what is doubt? Definition, a noun, number one, it's a feeling of uncertainty, lack of conviction, indecision, hesitation. Um, As a verb, you could say to doubt is to feel uncertain about, to disbelieve. And so what's the opposite? What's the opposite of doubt? Certainty, confidence, conviction, trust, believe. Those are the opposites, okay? Probably nothing new here as far as that definition. But what I want to point out is the opposite is not listed. The word that's not listed is faith. Faith is not listed as an opposite. Because what we're going to be talking about tonight as we dive into some scripture and dive into the Bible is that doubt. you will have doubt in the midst of faith, and that's going to be okay. All right? So what is the definition of faith? Um, Webster says it's a strong belief in something or someone. And so uh, we're going to define it actually out of the Bible, Hebrews 11.1. Don't worry about turning to it right now. We're going to turn to some other ones. But Hebrews 11.1, this is straight out of the word. Faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. Faith is confidence in what we hope for. assurance and what we do not see that's how we're going to define faith and so tonight guys we're talking about the doubts that we deal with and how that relates to the faith in jesus all right and i believe there's kind of two different types of doubt i was talking to kelly about this and and we were thinking of uh two different types of doubt as we believe in our faith in jesus so number one we uh, can doubt existence we might actually doubt the existence of god or the existence of jesus or the existence of the holy spirit which we were just singing about Or we might doubt about God's ability, Jesus' ability, the Holy Spirit's ability. Um, I was thinking about that ability just the other day. I was driving uh, my son Toby home from preschool, and we were going up our lane, and he had noticed that the snow was kind of melting. And he's like, hey, Dad, I'd love, I want more snow. How do we get more snow? And I was like, well, do you know who's kind of in control of that? Who has the ability to make it snow? ah, uh, you do, Dad, don't you? You can do everything. I'm like, no, no, that's not right. Think again. He goes, oh, Jesus. And I was like, yeah, right on. Childlike faith, bingo. So then he goes, Dad, how does he make it snow? And I go, well, one, he has to decide to. And then how, how do you think he makes it snow? And he goes, ah, oh, he probably has a cool control panel, right? And I was like, I don't know about a control panel. He goes, no, he probably just waves his hand, doesn't he? And I was like, yes, probably waves his hand. God's great ability, a childlike faith. Toby just believes, five years old. And he knows that God can do that. But I bet that sometime or another, either you guys already have or you are or you will be doubting the ability of what God can do or what he can do through his son, Jesus. So those are the two types of doubt. Um in our faith in Jesus that we're going to be talking about a little bit tonight. So back to 11 years ago. 11 years ago, I said I was in my first full year of marriage. And so just a few months earlier, Shelby and I got married. She was 20 years old. I was 23. I actually proposed to her when she was 19, and I proposed in front of a huge group of students over at Big House. I was interning over there. So that was 2003. July, let me get it right, 17th. 2004, she and I got married, waited a few months, went on a honeymoon, since it's the middle of winter, nice to Hawaii, Kauai, went on the beaches there. We were on our honeymoon trip, middle of winter, felt great, um, nice warm sun, sandy beaches. We decided to go on an excursion. Anybody go on like an excursion before? Some of you might be going on a family trip next week down south and like, hey, what, what excursions are we going to go on? So we went on an excursion. It sounded great. We are going to get on this catamaran. It's like a, a big boat, basically, and you go on this tour of the island. So we got on this catamaran super early in the morning. We get out, and uh, we're loaded on, and we're heading out. About 10 minutes into it, I noticed, oh, gosh, it's like it's not that great of weather, actually. Like, it's kind of overcast. It's a little bit of drizzle. It's actually really windy. And so another 10 minutes go by, another 10 minutes. Now we're like 45 minutes away from the dock, and there's like 30, 35 or 40 of us all on this catamaran, and we are totally seasick. Like, honeymoon. Let's forget about it. Like, we are throwing up. People are on board. Like, we got to get off. We got to get off. Luckily, Shelby and I hadn't thrown up yet. There's other passengers. We were totally seasick, and it was not a good feeling. Anybody been seasick before, Car sick, that kind of stuff? Not a good feeling, all right? We're 45 minutes away from the dock. That's a ways. <laughs> so the crew, the captain and the crew, we've never met them before. They just, we got on a boat, and they took us out in the middle of the ocean, 45 minutes away. And they're telling us, they're telling us that if we actually get off the boat we jump into the water and kind of like you know tread water for a while we'll actually start to feel better now who believes that no like we we got all kinds of doubt are you you serious like that just doesn't make sense to us we're already seasick how why would we jump into this crazy water that's like waves are coming over and the wind's going and like how are we going to feel better so at that point shelby and i we we had to make a decision and so, uh, sure enough, like 10 minutes later, we're 45 minutes away from land. It's like, this is our only option. Otherwise, we're going to start, you know, upchucking over in the corner. And so, we decide. We get to the edge, and we jump in. Lo and behold, what do you know? About five minutes into it, we actually started feeling better. It's unbelievable. We just, we could not comprehend it. So, other people were getting in and doing the same thing, starting to feel better. We load back up, 45-minute ride. We get seasick again. Luckily, we get back to the dock. It was like, the low point of the honeymoon, but a story to remember. So we're going to dive into the Word, and I want you to start thinking about this story that Shelby and I experienced on the catamaran tour, getting seasick and having to get into the water, and now we're going to look at a scripture, all right? So pull out your Bibles that you have, and we're going to go to Matthew. We're going to go to Matthew 14, chapter 14. You know what? I grabbed one of these Bibles too earlier, and I found it for you, page 566, that help you out? Oops. You can keep it. I don't need it. So 566, Matthew 4, all right? This is one of the gospels. It's one of the first gospel in the New Testament. Matthew 14, we're looking at verse 22, all right? You might notice the headline there, Jesus walks on water. All right, you ready? Here we go. Immediately, he made the disciples. He is Jesus, all right? Jesus just got done talking to a whole bunch of people. He actually, like, just got done doing the miracle of feeding 5,000 people, all right? That's kind of where we're at. So immediately, uh, Jesus made the disciples get into the boat and go before him on the other side. While he dismissed the crowds, after he had dismissed the crowds, he went up on the mountain by himself to pray. When evening came, he was there alone. But the boat, by this time, was a long way from land, beaten by the waves, for the wind was against them. And in the fourth watch of the night, he came to them walking on the sea. But when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were terrified and said, It's a ghost! And they cried out in fear. But immediately Jesus spoke to them, saying, Take heart, it is I. Do not be afraid. Verse 28 And Peter answered them, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. He said, Come. So Peter got out of the boat and walked on the water and came to Jesus. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid and beginning to sink. He cried out, Lord, save me. Jesus immediately reached out his hand and took hold of him, saying to him, O you of little faith, why do you doubt? And when they got into the boat, the wind ceased, and those in the boat worshipped him, saying, You are truly the Son of God. You of little faith, why do you doubt? An amazing story. There's all kinds of things. Who are the people in that scripture? Where are they positioned, and what kind of action are they taking? We got Jesus. He's out walking on the water, if you can believe that or not. It's pretty crazy. They thought it was a ghost. Some of the translations actually say the disciples were scared out of their wits. That's how, like, scared and fearful they were of this image coming towards them on the water. Then you got some disciples that are just hanging out in the boat. They're scared. They're fearful. They think this, like, crazy ghost is coming toward them. They're probably, like, thinking that they're about ready to die. And then you got this one disciple, Peter, who's getting out of the boat, Walking on water, trusting in Jesus, and going towards him.